With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. He pioneered Jets blogging and podcasting. He brought smiles to the faces of Jets fans all over the world. He was there through the good and bad. And then, one day... He vanished. People far and wide wondered, where has he gone? When will he return? Thankfully, the answer is now. The OG of Jets podcasting and vlogging is back. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. This is There's Always Next Year with Brian Bassett. I'm back. The real me. Let's not, not make a whole thing of it. And his co-hosts, Chef Travis Milton. Today we're going to be making the students my tasty baked ziti with basil and fresh mozzarella. And Josh Conrad. Oh, my brother, testify. On Play Like a Jet Digital. Welcome back to There's Always Next Year, the podcast that looks at and hopes to next year. But fellas, it might be this year. We're here on the Play Like a Jet Network. I'm your host, Brian Bassett. You can follow me on Twitter at Brian underscore Bassett. With me, as always, are Travis Milton, who you can find on Twitter at Dash 37 Board 27, and Josh Conrad, who you can find at Josh underscore Conrad. Gentlemen, uh, we were talking before we just started taping here, and we're speechless. We're, we're so excited about this draft class. Josh, you seemed a little stunned, a little awestruck uh, by what I, happened over the weekend. Talk to me. I, I, yeah, I am. I. This is going to be a podcast of silent, stunned responses because <laughs> I can't believe this is our team. I can't believe in a draft full of playmakers, we drafted. Get this, boys, playmakers. I can't believe mm. we're going to get to watch guys in key positions possibly thrive like what we have a running back tandem we have a wide receiver um we have an edge rusher we've got we've got we got a shutdown corner guys we've got some stuff to play with here this is this kind of is this what football's like for everybody else they get they get to root for their team and the players on the field this is kind of great 
Well, okay. I mean, you're the hell honey here, but I need to talk to Vic Vinegar. Travis, we did not draft an offensive tackle until the 111th pick. We'll run through all the picks and the players and what we think of each of them individually. Were you a little disappointed that there was not a, a tackle or a center or a guard or something taken earlier in the in the draft process? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, you know me. Like I'm 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 the opposite of every single person on the uh, Twitter timelines. Every every fan you probably talk to. When it comes to draft time, I'm strictly focused on the dirty work guys, the the linebackers, the you know the I mean, even edge rushers, but especially the offensive line. Um, I cannot tell you how many people heard me cuss and and <laughs> yell out of the kitchen, which is completely open. My kitchen is completely open, and uh, very, when the when the, the Ravens took Tyler Linderbaum, I was right. This is yeah, your like the whole this restaurant is like your is super high end room. dining establishment. Okay, great. Yes. So uh, everyone heard me <laughs> yell, yell, fuck, um, when Baltimore drafted Tyler Linderbaum. Um, um, I've, I've resided to it. I've accepted it. I'm over it. But yeah, you know, I'm I'm always the gritty, dirty work guys kind of person, mm-hmm. and you know, it's I'm not the flash you know, players, but I'm, I'm stoked. We, we have to have those. You're obviously. the steak, I, not the sauce. That. Is that what you're telling me? You're the steak. A hundred percent. Okay. Yes. All right. Well, that's fair. I kind of figured we'd get that a little bit from you, but I think, right. When, when you look at this draft class, I'll set this up and then I want to go through um, the players. And if we have any particular thoughts around any or all of them. Um, but one of the things that I've been thinking about is this draft class was kind of noticeably, and, uh, you know, predictably weak, quote unquote. Um, and so I think there's, there's two directions that that school could, like if that is, if everyone holds that assumption to be true, which it seemed to play out because there was not a lot of quarterbacks who went early in the draft, um, that certainly, you know, props can pr- help prop up other players or, you know, get players to that you want um, at your spot if other teams are drafting quarterback and not looking at a quarterback. Um, but I think Daniel Jeremiah said back in the fall, there was only like 10 to 20 guys who were first round grades. Um, that basically continued through Tom Pelissero said the same thing um, just about a week ago. That said, I understand that. So you, so if you're a GM, you have two choices. You steer clear of the draft. You know, you, you kind of worry about, you know, what you're going to get. And you just kind of live to fight another day next year or whatever you trade out. You trade for players like Tyreek Hill and you pay them exorbitant salaries. There's all these things you could do, right? That's one school of thought. The other school of thought is the help me on the name of the character, but the days of thunder, uh, you know, Robert Duvall and, uh, and Tom Cruise when he's like steer through the smoke, right? So I think that's kind of what I'm seeing Joe Douglas tried to do here and I kind of respect it. So he, and there's guys that I have, there's guys that I have that are high rated. And I'm going to be aggressive and move to get those guys uh, when I can, where I can, as soon as I can, because I have a quarterback, the clock's ticking. I need to, you know, build the defense. I need to give, give Zach Wilson more um, weapons on the offense. Uh, I'm yes. I'm banking on the fact that Makai Becton is going to be helpful and productive, healthy, excuse me, and helpful to this offensive line this year. Um, And we're not going to see a regression from George Fant or whatever, Um, that, you know, so yes, I am making some assumptions there, but that said, like, I still feel like steering through the smoke is, is the right direction. So 
Uh, I was impressed by that, by the way he played the draft. Um, certainly if he's trying to build for three, five years or do it the, the pure Ravens way or the pure Patriots way, or, you know, like then maybe he, he trades out, he trades back as much as he can. That was not his approach. He was aggressive, but with that comes problems, right? If you're going to trade up, you're basically putting more eggs in a smaller basket, right? Um, uh, yeah, I think that's the analogy. So anyways, I don't know. Do you have thoughts on that? Josh, did you like yeah. the way that he kind of was aggressive and traded and got into position to get the guys he wanted or had you feel Yeah, I I honestly I thought when he traded back up um to go get Jeremiah Johnson, I felt like man, I I really felt like that was going to be the Linderbaum pick. Like I felt like, "Oh my gosh, like he's he's going to go do it. Um they must be in love with this guy." And then um you you see that pick and then, you know, the Ravens pick right after him. I I I have felt like the last two years were angled. I mean, we can kind of see it now a little bit in retrospect. The last kind of two seasons have been about this draft, kind of putting, like you just said, all of the big eggs in the smaller basket um, and just wanting to come away um, with some of these really, really high um, positions of consequence. Would I have loved to have Linderbaum? Yeah, totally. Like I, I trust when Travis tells me like this guy, this guy's legit and he's going to be the anchor of, of an offensive line. Like, of course we want that. Do we want to have our, our eggs in the basket of a shaky um, left tackle who's often injured and when he's healthy is incredible, but when he's not healthy, like obviously you don't really have great backup plans for that. Um, no, like, no, I don't want to be in that position at all. So I, I came away feeling like this felt like a draft, like you just said, that was low on offensive line and quarterback talent feeling like at all of the other major positions of consequence, we, we at least took some shots. It felt like, man, we've got it. Like Joe Douglas, maybe also feeling like I got to start taking some shots here because if I don't like it, it is, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's, it's the, this is my, my legacy is that I just kind of acquired picks for existing stars on this team and they never really turned into much. And so I was totally fine trading back up to go get an edge rusher that a lot of people felt like, was going to be you know, maybe the top one or two. Um, obviously, like there's reasons why he fell, and we can't be crazy or ignorant about that. But I do, I do feel like this was the year, seemingly, that Joe Douglas was putting all the eggs in this year's basket. Um, let's build a team, give it one to two years, see what we got. Um, I'm, I'm good with it, um, even though it might not be at the positions that our our podcast uh, co-host here w- would have wanted us to. Hmm to target a little bit more specifically, but I felt, I felt good. I felt like this was the time to do it. And it felt like that we came away with positions that really, really, really matter. Even if we couldn't cross off every single question um, on this roster, which you're never going to do in one draft. Anyway, I'm hopeful that in two years, we're looking back going, Oh my gosh, I can't believe we got, you know, this incredible running back at the top of the second round. We got the best corner that we've had since Darrell Rivas and, you know, a, a, a wide receiver that legitimately changes how the offense can be played. Travis, it puts the eggs in the basket. Um, are you are you worried about the eggs that it put in the basket, or h- how do you feel about? I mean, no, this class. Do you like this? Is this a make or break thing for Joe? Don't you know? Don't don't take what I you don't know my opinion like too your, far. Your don't yeah sourness. yeah like got I'm it, got I'm, it, got it, got it. I'm very very stoked. Um, and I, you know I think one of the most impressive things from Joe Douglas. Yeah, this is an example of it. Um. His situational mindsets, you know, the past two drafts, there's been limited availability to, you know, interact with the players, see the players. There was 
There's no combine dealing with COVID opt-outs, things like that. And, you know, he kind of had the mentality of, of throw spaghetti at the wall because, I mean, that's all you can do at that point. Um, so it was qu- quantity over quality, I feel like, in, you know, some of the past two drafts. And, and you know, and that's, that's even taking it a little far. But, you know, he, he wanted, you know, you can see in the past couple of drafts, him trading back, getting more picks, getting more people. Um, this one was a complete opposite, but it, it speaks to what you're talking about, you know, with, with this being not as talented of a draft, you know, as, as past drafts have been, um, it makes sense to go quality over quantity to go, you know, full bore. You've got the draft capital, you've got the ability to go get the guys that are highly rated. You know, you do that instead of trading back and taking chances on these you know, on, on, on people. So I, th- I think the mentality was, was brilliant. Um, I think like he, he nailed it. Uh, his, his strategy going into this and coming out, like it, it was a beautiful, beautiful thing. We got some, some really great pieces. It just, you know, I've, I've just always got my druthers, but uh, you know, make or break. I, I still, you know, I still don't know that I, I see a lot of people on, on my timeline talking about, you know, this being a make or break draft or this starting to get into a make or break kind of year for Joe Douglas. He's had X amount of time and I'm still the mentality. You know, I, I think this is this year for me is when he's, is, is the start of him being on the clock. I think a lot of people mm. last year, this one for me, like this is, if you look at the roster when he started and the roster now, there's one carryover on starters, and that's C.J. Mosley. Um, this wow. is Joe Douglas's team. This is Joe Douglas and Robert Sala's team. Like, this is when the clock really starts for me. So I don't know that it's a make or break, but this is where we should start seeing the pieces completely fitting together. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Obviously, the further you go in the draft, the less likelihood that these players are going to hit. And then there's also the whole salary dimension. But but at the same time, right, like most of these players are not going to be, um, you know, all pros, right? Most of these players are not going to be pro bowlers. Some of them will be. Uh, some of them will wash out entirely. Uh, but, right, to have gotten a number of players that are at the top of your board or, you know, consensus boards, uh, that should be really helpful. And I think the one thing about Jermaine Johnson, we'll, I wanna, we'll get to him in a minute, so I'm, I'm going to hold that. But let's start talk about the players. So with the fourth pick, the Jets choose uh, Sauce Gardner, the cornerback out of Cincinnati. Um, cornerback early, top 10, is always a little bit of a crapshoot. Uh, but I think the fact that they picked this guy – Fourth overall, when uh, Iquanu was still on the board, Thibodeau was still on the board, it certainly speaks to their conviction on this player. Uh, Josh, what, what do you think about Gardner and, and his play and how he fits into this team? And then, Travis, I want to hear from you what your thoughts about how that fits with your boy uh, out of UVA, Bryce Hall. So, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, my immediate thought was um, I mean, I think the Texans right before them took Stingley, and I thought, okay. That's interesting. I didn't. I I had a sense that were that they were eyeing Thibodeau as well. Um, felt like felt like that that felt like a guy um, that Robert Sala would have wanted, and that Joe Douglas would have liked just because of his measurables, especially stuff at the scouting combine. Um, and then when it was Sauce Gardner, I'll be honest, I was not. I mean, we had we had heard in the in the days kind of leading up that that's a guy that they were targeting, guy that they were looking at. Um, you know, to, and like you just said, the crapshoot of it being that you don't fully i mean I, I we'd have to go back over the last 10 years or so and look at other similarly shut down high prospect corners coming into the league as top 10 picks and see where they've kind of panned out um i i think i think in a lot of ways joe douglas there is thinking about the guys in the division that he now has to cover um i.e one tyreek hill um all the guys up at buffalo um you know it, it seemed it seemed to be not reactionary but strategic in that let me let me first go get a guy that we feel like you know um, those those four times a year um, we've got someone that can take down an, an opponent's number one guy. So um, I'm 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 okay with that pick. I didn't I I, I would have maybe preferred Thibodeau there, but um, I can see and understand the thought rationale. Um, I don't love the chanciness of a corner in the top ten, but again, I'd have to go back and look and see has this really panned out over time that these guys end up being really, really highly productive players at that position that high in the first round. But um, yeah, yeah, that's, that, those are, those are kind of my thoughts. I do know, I did immediately think about Travis and thought about Bryce Hall. And I thought about, even as soon as he texted me and said, texted us and said, ah, oh, this doesn't bode well for my guy. Um, I knew that he would have some thoughts for us to share. Yeah. So what do you, what do you think there, Travis, in terms of, um, in terms of sauce and what that sets up for he and Bryce? You know, I really, I really don't think it's a bad thing after I've kind of thought about it and watched a little bit of tape, not just on Gardner, but just kind of, kind of set back and looked at kind of what Ulbrich likes to do. And, you know, where, you know, the, the, the NFL, you're typically running a big nickel all the time. So, I mean, if at worst we're shifting Hall into a big nickel spot with, with Carter two in, in the dime, I mean, that's a pretty, theoretically on paper that's a pretty damn good 
you know, backfield unit, especially with questions at safety. Um, you know, it's it also kind of speaks to how high they were on Gardner. If you've got somebody in Bryce Hall that is in the top five in the NFL, his second year and passes defensed, um, and you're still willing to go out and get a corner, um, you know, that that says to me two things. Like, number one, Sauce is pretty damn good, and they're pretty high on him. And number two, the the fact that that Bryce Hall Bryce Hall's hands like him getting an interception mm-hmm. is definitely something that they are focused on the fact that he just can't do it I mean uh and that speaks to the fact why he's so high in passive defense like he should have gotten more than <laughs> more than one interception out of that um so I definitely see what they're doing I, I think that it's it's a good thing uh if 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 Hall can can use this and start to get his head turned around, I don't think that DJ Reed is the long term answer on the other side. Um, I, I like him a lot, but uh, you know, I, I see more of Cromarty in Sauce than anything else, like size, length, height, everything. I think he's going to have a little bit of problems with some of the speedsters, um, especially within division, like stuff, yeah, digs. So I really think that's where Hall kind of really does come in. Um, I think it's going to free him up a little bit to to do showcase himself a little bit more in those kind of situations. And, you know, I, I've, I've maybe I've just rationalized this, but I think the rationale is, is right. I mean, just based off of what Ulbrich likes to run and and the modern state of the NFL. I mean, you know, you're in a big nickel all the time because it's a passing league. So I, I I've I've resided to it. I'm fine with it. And I've accepted sauce. I, his nickname is a food item, so I can't be that mad. <laughs> The, old, right. the, other and, thing too, the other thing too there is i was just looking it up because i felt like I, I was like man i thought he ran a really really fast 40 um given his height and his size i do agree about the cromarty comparison he ran the fastest time for for a corner that that size yeah, six two and however however you know however much he weighs so i am at least what was it four three not, four three six four three eight was something like, like that what it was, was like it? four four maybe just over it was oh, four sorry. four one yeah. Um, so just four, four, one. Okay. right, right there. So that at least that top end speed is what I think I'm talking about when I feel like, man, he can, he yeah. can at least provide speed at, at, that position two, at that size. Yeah. It's not weight adjusted, but height adjusted. Like that's a pretty damn good for 40 times. So like, yes, yeah, so yeah. that's good. So you just think about his ability to stride and like his ability to play big or small, you know, receivers. And um, that's yeah. what so, worries so me. I think playing the small speedy guys, like that's what worries me. Well, yeah, and that's okay, and that's why you got DJ Reed, and you know I think that, that exactly, exactly, helpful, right? DJ Reed's like six, five nine or something like that. He'll probably play more slot, or you know they'll move him to whoever the flanker is. Uh, I could see them kind of moving moving their players around a little bit more than maybe they have in in past based on who they have and where the ball is going to go. But yeah, so just real quick on the last couple of years, so just running back through the draft, um, Patrick Sertain the second and uh, JC Horn, sorry nine and eight respectively uh those guys were the were taken in the 2021 draft in the 2020 draft you had uh blah, 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 where is he um uh is that Devin jacksonville mm-hmm. who else? oh no i was trying to remember yeah yeah no i, I was yeah, thinking of so different draft. henderson Sorry. and then there was nobody in the top 10 taken in 2019 i don't think as i look real quick and then lastly 2018 just i uh, I don't know why I went back that far, but just did uh, Denzel Ward to Cleveland right after Sam Darnold um, was, was taken. So, uh, so yes, you basically get one or two. And generally that player tends to be towards the back half of the, 
um, of the first round. But yeah, Denzel Ward was the last player taken at the fourth spot uh, at a corner. And so, right. So with DJ Reed, with Bryce Hall, I think you get an interesting group there um, in that. I mean, who, who knows what sauce is going to be in the pros yet? We'll, we'll have to wait and see. But right, if he, traditionally people just stayed away from him, but also he was playing at Cincinnati. So conference wise, it makes sense why I think people kind of throw him. They're like, nobody ever threw at him. It's like, well, duh, because they just threw to the other side of the ball <laughs> all the time. Right. Because it was just pass funneling the, the other way. So the point is, if that, though, holds in the NFL, if he if he walks the walk, uh, in the NFL and can push balls towards Hall, then that's actually okay. I mean, even if Hall isn't catching the ball, um, you know, intercepting passes, like he's still batting them down, right? He's proven that he can do that. So in some ways it puts Hall into a better spot because like then he becomes like the pass funnel trap, hopefully, right? And so, you know, I mean, he, maybe he gets burned more than we've seen so far but at the same time maybe he also gets more opportunity to kind of take those drops let's say and turn those into interceptions because the ball's just going to keep coming his way like we saw with Revis and Cromartie now that's a heady comparison but but one that I'll still make so (laughs) um all right let's move uh, let's move on from sauce so the next guy the Jets took at 10 was who Josh and what did you think Mr. Wilson Wilson. Right. So what what do we think I'm about Garrett Wilson? I mean, yeah. What what do we think what do we think about him and, and his role in this offense? What do you think? Uh yeah. I mean this this feels like what Joe Douglas was kind of chasing all offseason, trying to go get Debo and trying to get a Tyreek Hill. Felt like that same kind of guy, shifty, um, more of an athlete that can get the get him the ball in space. He has the speed and the elusiveness to kind of get away from guys. Obviously, you know, even even at that spot, um, most most of the the scouting coming out is that as a pure straight wide receiver route runner, like we're not talking Antonio Brown in his prime here. Like we're talking a guy that really needs to improve and has to sharpen up his route running. But I don't think that's why they're bringing him in. I don't think they're bringing him in to be a prototypical just kind of run your route tree and you know we'll find the ball, we'll find find you in space. That way, I think it's going to be. Hopefully, um, a a a signal here that we're looking at um, a more creative offense coming in, um, similarly to how the Niners have been using Debo um, out of the backfield, getting him out in the flats, finding some little bubble screens, get the ball in his hands, see what he can do. Um, so, I love that. I think I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch him play. I think if you are a Jet fan looking for just a polished route running classic wide receiver, that is not at all who Garrett Wilson is. So. Um, I'm excited, but I think we do have to go in with the proper perspective of the kind of player that he is. Uh, what, do you, what do you think there, Travis? Oh, you're on mute. Sorry, I was trying to get off mute. Um, oh, good. You know, uh, I, I like Wilson a lot. Like, it was it was down to Wilson or uh, uh, Drake London for me. Like, I loved – I was all about some Drake London. I thought he was a perfect fit. Uh, but after that, um, it would have been Wilson for me. Um, I'm – um, of the same mind with Josh. I mean, I think it's 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 speaks to kind of LaForce creativity. I think he's going to be able to do a lot of stuff uh, game plan wise to get this guy out there, get him the ball. Um, he can get the separation. Um, 
I mean, the the only the only flaws I've really seen in his game are, you know, the route running. Or, you know, it it could be definitely like crisper and uh, his hands when he's downfield. I don't know if he's kind of overthinking. He gets a little bit, a little bobbly and a little, you know, uh, kind of that point of of using his chest too often. But like that was really about it. Like I I'm ecstatic about having this guy. Um, yeah, I mean, like him alongside you know Elijah Moore. I think it's going to be a beautiful combo with Barrios back, and uh, it puts you know, Corey Davis is now like the worst hands on the team in the uh, wide receiver room. So, I mean, that's pretty amazing. Well, Denzel I mean, Mims, too. Denzel Mims is still on the team as far I'm as I'm not even so. counting Denzel Mims. I'm, I, 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 yeah, you're right. Yeah, but yeah, I know right, of the starting of the players who will actually see snaps, which was your point. That was your point. Yes, yes, yes. yeah, you're yeah. correct. Uh, so, no, I I'm, agree. I'm, I'm I think it's. Yeah, I think you're right. Like, it's funny to see Corey Davis move from kind of a one, right? The one A or whatever you want to say to like the three in the matter of 14 months or whatever it's been, poor guy. Uh, But I honestly, I think that speaks to who he is as a player. I think putting him in a, in kind of a three role, uh, you know, longer term, I'm not saying Garrett Wilson comes in and is immediately the number one or number two even, uh, but I think I think that would actually be pretty good, and he'd be in a good spot there, and he could use his skills well. He's a versatile player. Corey Davis, I'm still talking about. Um, I mean, obviously Elijah Moore is electric. When we saw him on the field last year, um, you know, the idea of him, you know, getting loose as a flanker or as a slot receiver, you know, is going to be interesting and fun. And so you combine some of the maybe more possessiony work of someone like Corey Davis with some of the slot or flanker work of someone like uh, Elijah Moore. And then, right. Uh, you kind of mix in Garrett Wilson, who I was, I think I was misremembering who ran the four, three, eight. It was Garrett Wilson who, who ran a four, three, eight. Um, and so, you know, he was not super productive when you compare him to somebody else, like, um, like Drake London, who you were talking about or Traylon Burks, but you know, the difference is, Drake London is kind of a black box prospect because we didn't get a 40 time out of him. Um, Traylon Burks uh, also basically bombed his 40 time. So I'm not saying those guys are going to be busts. I'm just saying like, you don't know what you're getting with him. And then you factor in that Garrett Wilson was on team at Ohio state where there was just, you know, so many good players and there just was not enough passes to go around so much so that one of his teammates like had to transfer to Alabama to actually get any love. So like, you know, being on a team where it is highly competitive in college is not the norm. So you can kind of hand wave away some of his like collegiate production just based on where he was playing. Um, But yeah, it's a very interesting spot for him. And I think, right. Certainly with the group that they now have, it certainly pairs well and, you know, what would, what has long been a weakness, you know, becomes a strength. And, you know, a friend was saying uh, not too long ago, like, but to a text uh, that I, I, I got, he was saying, like, it's just funny how for 20 years, uh, Jets GMs have basically just overlooked the wide receiver position. And then, like, in the last three years, we've gone effectively nuclear in this in this area which is kind of great what Jets fans have wanted like remember the days when we used to when we were like super geeked about Justin McCarron's like getting traded Justin McCarron's like good time that's exactly who popped into my head (laughs) (laughs) that's why that's why we're that's why we're buddies that's why we're buddies Travis I love it I love it all right last pick we already kind of teased uh, a little bit about him but Jermaine Johnson 
uh, ended up making it to the end of the first round. Many mocked him to to early in the first round, top five even. Uh, but Jermaine fell uh, for a number of reasons. You know, a lot of questions of, you know, can he stand on his head again? He did it once as a 22-year-old senior. He's coming into the league as a 23-year-old. Yes, that's been a windy road for him to get here. But, you know, uh, Salah seems to really... Uh, you know, dig this guy's vibe and is interested in bringing him into his uh, defense. Travis, what do you think about when you look at Jermaine Johnson and what the team has and how he slots in um, with the rest of the linebacking kind of, you know, uh, hand up, hand down type players that this team has and has needed? You know, with uh, the inconsistency of like, you know, uh, Quincy Williams, uh, I think that it's it's needed for somebody that, that can go, Hand up, hand down. Um, I don't really know. I can't really recall if JJ ever went like hand up, hand down. But uh, but Double J, I think, fits in really great with the wide nine that uh, that that they typically run. I mean, th- his speed. He's got quite a few different moves, uh, from what I can tell. Um, I think it's going to be great paired with you know Carl Lawson, you know Vinnie Curry coming back, and you know Quentin, you know. I think that they can actually get a disruptive pass rush for, for like the first time. Cause I mean, if you're focusing on one, I mean, you're, you're one of them's going to get through. Like, I, I think it's going to be, you know, if it's not a breakout for him, uh, it's, it's going to lead to a, a, a breakout for Quentin this year, getting to the quarterback and not just being an amazing run stuffer and, and pressuring the quarterback. Um, I think adding speed, you know, out there in any, anyone with speed, um, and some moves to that D line uh, coming off the edge. It was, was always, I think all of our dreams of getting somebody out there, uh, especially to compliment Carl Lawson. And I, I, I think that it's, it's just going to be a win-win. Like, I think at this point you've got to pick and choose and we're getting, we've, we've got enough people there to where this was kind of the, we just needed a tipping point to where now there's too many people for you to account for everybody. That's, that's got speed coming off the edge. Um, I, 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 I love the pick. I had a little bit of Vernon Golston in my head at first because of the, the one year wonder workout <laughs> right, yeah, wonder kind of sure. guy. Um, yeah. And I think I'm always going to have that when I, when, when we go yeah. for like a defensive one year workout wonder guy. Uh, but I really, I think it's going to pan out pretty well. I like his swagger. That's one thing I, I think I love about um, everyone we drafted. Everyone has like some drips and swagger. Everybody, I, I, I haven't seen that in a while from like a Jets draft. Like, uh, I thought that that was pretty cool um, and just infusing youth and swagger. That's one thing I think it's been missing from the culture is that swagger. You had CJ Mosley, you know, kind of bringing what he could, but I mean, you know, now you've got some guys that are cocky, confident and ready to, to get out there and rock. And like, I'm, I'm stoked. And, and JJ is one of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, just, you know, just look at his suit choices and all that sort of thing for sure. Uh, uh um josh what do you what do you think about uh about the johnson pick and what do you think about yeah going in? yeah i love it i think on a multiple on multiple levels one it is a little bit of carl lawson insurance if um if that injury doesn't heal properly or it takes him a little bit of extra time to get to get back into the rotation um so i i do like it from that perspective it gives him a lot of flexibility i feel like we can start seeing JFM maybe a little bit more inside. Maybe JJ's on the outside. Obviously, like coming in, learning scheme, everything Trav just said, super crucial. But man, like across that line now, you feel like 
you feel like you have this rotation of guys that can do a lot of different things, um, which gives someone like Robert Sala, who loves those kinds of players anyway, just a lot of a mm. lot of tools to work with. So it does feel like, you know, if if there were specifics, like if, if you're thinking about matchups on third and long or second and short or, um, you know, any number of situations you can think of, it does feel like they've kind of got all of the factors you would need to at least put out. Um, some pass rush that's going to actually affect um, quarterback throwing throwing the ball. So um, I'm I'm very excited. I feel like I feel like that's a guy you go in and you know for the relative cost of moving up nine spots. Um, it was not it was not egregious. Um, mm-hmm. We can thank one Jamal Adams one last time just for his contributions. <laughs> um, thank you again, our good friend. So long. And Bon Voyage, but man, Mal to see Adams what died for our team's talent sins is what you're telling he me. He sure did. You're telling me. Uh, oh, it's exactly what I'm telling you. But I, I do feel like this was, you know, in the ways that Joe um, took some swings here. Um, you know, even just thinking about him professionally, like as a GM, mm-hmm. like this is this is also like, listen, I took what I had when I got there, I turned it into all of these, all of these first and second round picks. Um, here are the guys that we came away with. If nothing else, like he's giving Robert Sala all the pieces um, to go build a really, really competitive defense. And so, um, man, I'm feeling I'm feeling really, really good about that JJ pick. I think he specifically he's been playing football for a long time. Obviously, they saw him at the Senior Bowl. They got to coach him. Their staff got to coach around him and be around him. So, felt like they were zeroed in on him no matter what. Um, and then I think once Linderbaum went, that was that was his cue to go up and uh, and get him before anybody else grabbed him. So, I like it. I like that pick a lot too. Yeah, um, I, I hesitate to mention this because I don't want to put whatever false ideas in people's heads. When I think about Jermaine Johnson, like I, for whatever reason, I keep thinking about Calvin Pace. Like I don't mm-hmm. think that he's the same player. I think he's a little bit faster and twitchier than Pace, but he's big. He's you know he's got decent um, you know size and and length, and he's definitely. Fa- I think he's going to be faster than Pace. Uh, was but he also like he's a it looks like just from what I've been able to watch of him like a good edge setter which is like honestly I mean Calvin Pace was kind of miscast as this you know um rush the quarterback guy coming to the Jets but he really you know redefined his career as that like classic edge setter so like I could definitely see him having that kind of a role on this team and being really valuable uh, in that way I, I yeah I think he's he might be a little linear and like not as, you know, whatever, able to change direction. So we'll see. It's hard to say because like we didn't get any agility scores uh, through kind of the combine process from him. So we'll just have to watch him and see how he develops. But like I'm very interested and yes, but it is a risky pick, right? Just based on all the reasons, which is probably why he was there and available that late. Uh, and, you know, right. I think you, you make a great point, Josh, in terms of his um, – uh, you know, them getting to see him up close during the senior bowl week. Uh, hopefully that'll play off it, uh, pay off well, and they'll put him in a good uh, situation with the other players. And trust, I love your point about like, you know, CJ Mosley was kind of on this swag Island. Um, and now there's just more players coming in around him. Yeah. Just all, whether it's sauce or any of these guys. So, so very uh, interesting. Also, I think I it's, think that's a new reality show on NBC this year. Swag Island. Swag Island. Swag Island. <laughs> all right, let's pitch it. Let's pitch it. <laughs> we can um, – the swag The swag is upon us, boys. The swag is back. <laughs> all right. We, we need to get a shirt with that. The swag um, All right. Um, okay. Let's talk about Brees Hall. Jets move up. Was it two picks? To basically, they leapfrogged. 38 to 35, yeah. 
Yeah, they well, when they moved back to... five and then moved back up, or no, they moved back four and then moved back up two, and yeah, it was right about where they would have originally picked. Where they pick him thirty six, six overall, yeah. thirty six. That's right because they, they would have thirty eight. They right? moved ahead of Houston, right? They moved ahead of Houston to get that pick. So uh, yeah. maybe they thought Houston was going to take him. Um, so yeah, so so Brees Hall. I'm, I'll just start here. I'm very excited about Brees Hall. I think he could be an amazing addition to this team. Um, you know, he is probably one of the most, if not the only like super versatile player. I mean, you know, time will tell, but you know, just coming in as a prospect, he can catch the ball. He can block, he can play three downs. He can run. You know, he, he is the most dynamic and versatile prospect in this class. So you add a player like him. So, you know, he comps to pl- other players like, you know, a Jonathan Taylor type, which is that's high praise. Um, but you know, that's still a, a fair comp. So that's a really valuable part of the offense. And you look at a player like Jonathan Taylor, you know, Naheem Hines still has a role in that offense, especially just because, you know, it's been historically in Indianapolis of, you know, they've had to rely on the run just because their quarterback play has not been super great, especially in the last, last year. Um, so to me, like it's, and, and this offense is built around multiple backs. So, while I think Brees Hall slots in as the more the player who will see more time, I still certainly think Michael Carter is going to be a valuable part of this offense, right? Like Michael Carter, you know, was a late, had less draft capital um, and, but proved out pretty well. So there's going to be a place for Michael Carter in this group. Uh, but, you know, I think Brees Hall is a superior prospect in, in most every way. Uh, no shade to Carter. I just think that's why you go and you go up and get that guy in the second in the second round. There just really isn't in this running back class. I like Kenneth Walker a lot, but he just does not have that pass catching ability. You look at other players, you know, they're more of a stretch. You got to squint a little for players like Zamir White, the White brothers, and you know some of these other guys that were there. Spiller was you know totally bombed the the combine. So um, he's the guy. If you're going to get a guy that's the guy to go get, or you wait till the fourth or fifth round, like they did with Michael Carter. So I like the aggressiveness in getting the player. And obviously that I'm just talking about the player that think about what that does to Zach Wilson, that gives him someone he can dump off the ball to that gives him someone that the defense is not keying in on what this player is going to do if he is a versatile player. So that helps Zach Wilson in terms of, you know, what the, what the linebackers and defensive backs are going to be reading on this play. So there's a lot of uh, added benefits, hopefully, that will help Zach Wilson aside from someone to carry the load and, you know, he can hand the ball off to. But also, if he's not handing off the ball, that player is still extremely valuable on the field. So I don't know. Any, any thoughts on, on that, uh, Travis? I'm, I'm in love with this pick. I mean, it, the, the running back is, you know, it's always an extension of your offensive line play. I love, love my running backs. Uh, you know, Curtis Martin and Walter Payton are my favorite players of all time. Like I, I having a, an electric running back is heaven to me. I was so happy to see them go up and get him. Um, I, I, I'm just stoked. Like I, I and again, no shade to, to Carter. Um, I, I definitely agree. Like he's going to have a, a pivotal point in this, in this offense, I really think, but just, just the skill set that, that Brees Hall has, like it's phenomenal. And, and I know a lot of people dogged the fact that they went up into the second round to get a running back. And I, you know, I've, I've gone on record many times, horseshit. Like if, if you've got a good running back, like 
I, I, I've never really wrapped my head around the, the undervaluation of running backs as it's gone along. I get it. You can get somebody that's serviceable, good, you know, and, and kind of the evolution of the, the, the position with, with platooning. I get it. But I, a guy like this, like having the, again, the flexibility and the capital, why not freaking go get him, man? Like it's, it, I, I'm ecstatic about having him. And, you know, one of my favorite parts of the weekend was seeing on, on Twitter, uh, some uh, some of the Bills Mafia guys doing their podcast live during the draft yes. and their reactions to the fact that the Jets got him. Like just seeing Bills fans so pissed. Number one, that somebody took took a player that they were coveting and hoping to get, and then seeing right. their reactions to the fact that the Jets got him was even better. Yeah. Um, seeing the fact that other teams <laughs> were stoked on this guy uh, makes me happy, and then also having Bills fans pissed off is always going to make me happy. So um, Love it. I, uh, I, I I'm completely stoked on it nothing bad to say about this whatsoever yeah yeah josh thoughts yeah i think at at positions of consequence and i still think like travis i still think running back is at the elite levels a a position of consequence when the when the number one guy is available on the board a few picks into the second round like to get the best running back in this class you know like there, there's there's such value already in that, but then you add him to this scheme that that they're putting together with a lot of playmakers on that offense. Like they're so like already like you had Garrett Wilson, um, and you add you had Brees Hall. Like this offense, all of a sudden, guys feels super versatile to me. That they can mm-hmm. they can do a lot of just like quick bubble screens on the outside. They can now um, you know really dominate kind of off off tackle running. Um, it, it is going to come down to Travis's offensive line. If those guys can block, man, I feel like, I feel like adding a guy like Bryce Hall or Brees Hall, um, to Bryce Hall's team, um, you add a Brees Hall to that team and I'm going to do that 5,000 times a podcast, by the way. Um, it, it just made so, so much sense to grab that guy. Um, I am, you know, the downside for this is I love Michael Carter. Um, and, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, like, like, if you have the chance to get the number one rated guy at a position of consequence near the top of the second round, it, it's kind of a no brainer with the number of picks that, uh, that Joe Douglas was still sitting on. I do, I do like him out of the backfield. That could obviously be a position or a, an opportunity for him to grow. I don't know that I saw a ton of pass blocking highlights for him. I haven't really gone deep to look for those, but um, you know, if, if just like the patient, strong, fast runner, um, that that can kind of run off tackle is available there, Mike. That's that's a that's a wrinkle that this offense has not had for a long, long time. So very, very excited about this pick as well. Yeah, I, and I think you're right. That kind of I think it's a waste. There, there's there's positions that I just believe are a waste to draft in the first round. Running back is one of those positions, um, unless it's like a Kyle Hamilton or whatever type safety. Like maybe you know probably not safety or back half of the first round for a safety. Like I have certain positions. I just, I would not use capital on in that round. And maybe that's wrong headed, but it's what I think. And running back is that. And it's partly because of the durability. It's partly because of, you know, one of the values of that first round pick is the control that you get to exert over that player. Not trying to sound gross, but like you, you get the extra year and then you get to put them into option years and then you get to put them into franchise years. Right. So, so for you're kind of wasting that on a running back, right? Like, and the same thing, like with a tight end, like drafting a tight end, Cal Pitts might be one of the best tight ends we've ever seen. 
but more than likely, most tight ends don't produce seriously until their third year. So you're wasting the control that you have on a player like that. That's why edge rushers, tackles, these sort of players, these durable players that have massive impacts on teams are what teams focus on in the first round. Whether they know it or not, that's why they do that. Um, and that's why those players are more valuable than others, just because of the con contract control you get to exert. And so, right. So to the point of like, you're in the second round, all bets are off, right? So go get that guy, go to the top of the, the second round and get your running back. If you believe that this guy is the next Jonathan Taylor or you know whomever it may be. Um, awesome. So, okay, let's, we got to move quick. Uh, Travis has got a restaurant to run. He's got, expletives to yell at the top of his lungs uh for for the uh for his fine dining audience to uh to hear let's quick thoughts on jeremy rucker um uh tight end out of ohio state uh 101st overall pick travis what do you think about jeremy oh uh i like it a lot um adds depth you know uh i don't think any of us were completely utterly sold on uh Azoma and uh, Conklin, like full bore. Like I'm stoked about Conklin a lot, but uh, love having him in there. Uh, love the fact that he's been a lifelong Jets fan. I think that that's super freaking cool having a hometown guy that's also a you know grown up a Jets fan. Loved watching those videos, except for the fact that one of them had fucking Billy Joel in it, and it made me want to pull my hair out. I freaking hate Billy Joel. Everybody in Jersey can get mad at me right now. I'll find you. I know. I just can't do Billy Joel. There's a long story behind it. Don't have time, but I can't do Billy Joel. Um, outside of that, I was really about that. God damn it, no. We are straight I, 80s. 80s Billy Joel I've got, cover band. 80s only. Oh, God, no. I've I've got way more to say about Mr. Mitchell. Or, uh, on, on right, the we'll next get pick, that on so the next like, podcast. Sorry, sorry. So you like Robert, No, it's fine. Like I can his... fill up a whole one about him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh josh any thoughts on record not not really it felt like all right let's grab a guy um it's seemingly i mean the production that offense he was on at ohio state he he was going to have not a ton of of opportunity but right. the jets clearly like something there so um you know a tight end in the fourth round not, or third round not not the not the worst place to take a guy but you know let's see let's see what they can do to develop it that's that's really my big thought Right. I think that's you, you hit it exactly, which is just that, you know, it's a, it's a later round pick. It's a dart throw. Uh, you know, it's not a bad move to, um, you know, to draft a player at that age. I mean, he, he's at that point, he, he's young, he's 20, 21 and a half ish. Um, so, you know, a lot of players coming out, but he's still like maybe the 10th player at, at that position. So, um, so, but right. I think largely because, all the opportunities, all the oxygen was sucked out of the room for him because the team was just so prolific. So, so yeah, good dart throw with much more upside than maybe his parent kind of on the surface. So, uh, so yeah. Uh, um, all right. We're going to hit round four really quick here. Um, Max Mitchell, the offensive tackle out of Louisiana, 111th overall. And then shortly thereafter, 117, the Jets take Michael Clemens, the defensive end out of Texas A&M. Um, looks like a depth Clemens specifically, both these guys are depth guys, obviously. Right. Um, Clemens looks like an edge ish player, or maybe somebody converts to linebacker. He's definitely not like a tackle, uh, based on his weight, weight and size. Right. Um, he's pretty small, smaller. He couldn't play tackle. 
unless it was like a super no, not tackle. tackle. I'm just saying six, five guy on the outside feels like he's there to rush yeah. three steps and throw his arms as high as he can. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So he'll be like a sub, he'll be a sub player. And then Max Mitchell, obviously depth and something they need with the, um, Oh gosh, who was the guy who got injured last year, spine, injured his spine and they ended up releasing, um, you know, they, they need to find some more depth at upside. The Cameron. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Cam. Cam Clark. Um, so yeah, any thoughts on, on these guys, uh, Josh, why don't you start? I, I like Clemens. Um, I think he was another senior bull guy that they got their eyes on. Um, fourth round pick. It, it seems like the boomer bust kind of, let's see if we can strike gold with another potential edge rusher. Um, just another guy in the room that I feel like surrounded by, um, you know, some guys that are a couple years ahead of him, um, at least in, in expertise um, and experience um, feels like if that guy again can develop a fourth round, fifth round guy, you're just looking to see, Hey, does he have the, does he have the, the drive? Does he have the, um, the capabilities and is he teachable? Um, if that guy comes in and teachable, you know, he's, he's surrounded by a, a lot of guys that are going to get attention. And if he can, if he can make a name for himself in camp, um, might be, might be kind of a surprise guy to see getting into that rotation. But, um, you know, there's, I think there's been some injury history there, some other stuff off the field stuff. So um, seems like a guy that they said, listen, the talent's there. Let's see if it pans out, which is fine with me in the fourth round. All right. So yeah, you get your tackle, uh, Travis, what, what do you think about Max Mitchell? Uh, I disagree that he's a depth signing. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna be on the mm. bench for a minute, but this guy is tailor made for this freaking offense. His weaknesses are pretty fixable. Uh, number one, like his his size, he needs to beef up a little bit. Um, uh, number two, his hands are generally too wide, which is something very very teachable. Uh, he's he's not as great downhill, but he is amazing. As a pull, as as a pulling guard, as a pulling tackle, like I, I mm-hmm. see him becoming a guard as we move forward. Um, he, he's got great speed. Um, he's great in space. We finally have somebody. Uh, we we drafted somebody that understands angles. Like this dude is great <laughs> with angles. I mean, uh, I I obviously going into the draft looked uh, did a heavy look at about mm-hmm. every offensive lineman I could, and I I thought this guy from day one. I was like, this dude. Is perfect for the Niners, perfect for the Jets, perfect for anyone doing a a heavy Shanahan, uh, Lafleur kind of offense, and he he's tailor made to be here for a while. Um, I think I, I love this pick so much, not just because he was the only offensive lineman, but uh, I think his skill set is perfect for Lafleur. Awesome. All right, great. Well, I think yeah, it's hard to not beat uh, what the Jets came away with with this draft, which is obviously three. Four, I guess, yeah, if we're counting Hall, too. Four starters, maybe even day one starters. Certainly by the end of the year, they'll they'll take hold of those positions. Uh, and then, right, you get three guys on the bench, Ruckert, Mitchell, and Clemens, um, who are going to definitely be rotational workers. And then, right, in the time, months, years ahead, especially Ruckert and especially Mitchell, those two players specifically could move their way into starting roles. And so you put all these young swaggy players, as we talked about, uh, guys who understand angles, you put it together with one of the youngest teams in the league, which was by design last year. We talked about this extensively. Um, you're going to have a group that's all maturing together at the same time. And so keeping this group together is going to be fun. They're going to build and bond over time. I mean, we're already seeing it, you know, just with some of the guys who were here last year, you know, uh, Zach Wilson and kind of his wide receiver tour. Uh, you know, th- there's so many good things that are happening, kind of bubbling under the surface. 
you know, watching Robert Sala, you know, bring these guys in and bring them in with the energy that he's bringing in. It's going to be a good year. I think I saw their over. Has anybody seen their over under lately? I think I it was around like six or something over under. Oh, that's I saw. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm taking the over, right, guys? I'm taking the over. Ooh. Their Jets is five and a half, I think, currently. It's going off at five and a half. I'm taking the over on this team. I'd take um, that over. I, I don't think they're. They're, I don't think they're winning the Super Bowl this year, but I'm taking the over on five and a half wins. Vegas is giving me five and a half wins. Yeah, I'll take that any day. So um, so thank you, everybody, for listening. We know it's been a minute. Uh, we'll be back as you know news comes out over camps and uh, we get ready for the summer. So thank you so much. Thank you, listeners. Have a good week. Hope you're enjoying the draft and looking forward to this summer and this fall as much as we There's always next year. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.